Hostage negotiations still continue and more hostages are being released. We have some details on the October 7th attack and they've begun to emerge explaining what happened. Israel is facing a new campaign in the war with Gaza and the pro-Palestinian protesters are calling for ceasefire. Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom everyone, I'm Monty Jitta with Lion and Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Wednesday, November 29th, the year 2023. We're coming early for you this week as opposed to Friday. I have a medical procedure I need to complete in the next two days, so we're bringing the broadcast to you now to update you for what has happened this week. In this last week, we've seen the hostage negotiations and the release of many Israeli hostages from Hamas have been done in exchange for a number of Palestinian prisoners that were in Israel. The ratio is about three to one. In other words, three Palestinians are released for each Israeli hostage. And it's very clear now from the negotiators that Israel, the United States, and others are attempting to get the women and children first out of Gaza. In some respects that has been successful, but there are still, to this date, nine children still in hostage, and there's one that is less than one year old. I'll talk about that in just a moment. This whole process of this last week, for the last seven days, has been an emotional roller coaster. It's a mixture of joy and sorrow and grief mixed all in. It's the kind of thing that just makes you feel sick. And in Israel, families are experiencing all of that that are a part of these hostage negotiations. I mentioned to you that we have a less than one-year-old that's still missing with a four-year-old brother. They have been specifically requested in the negotiations and we're getting conflicting reports from Hamas. One Hamas negotiator had come back and said, well, we've lost control of where they're at. They were traded, human trafficking, I might mention, traded off to some other group, and now they're coming back and they say, well, actually they died, uh, they're not alive, and the IDF, of course, is saying, nonsense, we want them back. And so that's the level of controversy at the moment that we have with the negotiations. It really brings into question how many of the hostages are still alive. In the course of this last week, there have been several hostages that have been found that are dead. Some ladies had died, there are soldiers that had died in the course of this. And we're learning from the hostages that have been returned the kind of conditions they've been under. It's filthy. They don't have sanitary conditions. They're basically restricted to some rice and a little bit of pita and the way they're being treated is terrible. And kept in darkness, some of the hostages coming out they can't bear the sunlight, and that's the reason why they're being released at night. They're trying to avoid the lights and shield them until they can get adjusted to being able to see more light. There have been a number of Hamas ceasefire violations. And in fact, up in Gaza and the northern part of Gaza, there was a firefight in which they came out, attempted to attack soldiers. In fact, several Israeli soldiers were wounded. And Hamas, of course, is blaming Israel for breaking the ceasefire. But let's talk about the ceasefire violations that Hamas has done. 
it's very clear that they've been happening, but Israel is not taking them to task on it. One of the items that was in the negotiation for the hostages was that specifically the Red Cross would be permitted to go in and check on the other hostages to verify their identity and to also verify their health. They have not been permitted to go in and see the hostages. Hamas has reneged on that part of the deal. And there have been some hits and misses with regard to turning over hostages and the logistics associated with it. Hamas really has turned into a group of gangs, and some of them have hostages and some of them don't, so it's not a real clean, controlled organizational process. It's kind of catch-as-catch-can as best they can, and that's part of the frustration. Israel is not holding Hamas to the task of violating it. They're attempting to get those hostages out of there as quickly as they can. The original plan was for four days and for 50 hostages. Well, Hamas has now learned, hey, it's really good not being pounded by the IDF and bombed day and night. So they've extended the ceasefire and are providing additional hostages. The rate is if they deliver 10 hostages a day, Israel will hold back the ceasefire and for the same day. Now they negotiated a two-day extension to it and they've completed that and as I speak to you today, they are now negotiating for another exchange. And here's the problem. In Israel, they're kind of running out of Palestinians to release. So they've decided maybe some of the Arab Israeli prisoners, maybe they'll let them be released. And there's about 25 of them in Israel that refuse to be released. They want to go ahead and stay in Israel. Their court cases and their lawyers, they don't want them to be a part of any of this stuff that's going on with Hamas. So part of the problem is Israel may be running out of Palestinians that they can trade for hostages. And at the same time, there's a great question about Hamas, how many more hostages do they have to really to be released? Giving the questions about where are the hostages and what shape are they in? This is very concerning as to the health of the remaining hostages, in particular the Israeli soldiers. Those that have been found have already been killed by Hamas, and there's great fear and concern about that. One of the things that has come out about the October 7th attack is that there's increasing evidence that Hamas acted independently, that while they're supported by Iran and backed up by Hezbollah, that Hamas may have jumped the gun on what was really being planned on a bigger scale with Iran and Hezbollah. As a result, everybody like Hezbollah, the Hutu rebels, Iran is trying to act like they're supporting Hamas in what they're doing. As long as they were winning and being successful, they join in. But it's now that Hamas is back on their heels and Israel has been taking them to task, it's like they want a ceasefire too. So Iran and Hezbollah apparently want to have a ceasefire and they want to avoid war. And in fact, Nasrallah, who's the leader up in Hezbollah in Lebanon, made a statement this last week about they, they really want to avoid war. And so this is a completely different language than we'd heard in all the rhetoric before. And it appears that Hamas jumped the gun in what was supposed to be a theater operation 
And that's kind of interesting and significant in its own merit. Israel is now facing a major struggle once they start the warfare again, once the hostages are released and they get back about the business of going in and eliminating Hamas, they're facing now these southern cities and southern strongholds. It is estimated at this moment that approximately 5,000 Hamas uh, fighters have been killed. There still remains approximately 20,000 of them down to the south. They've all moved down the southern cities. Israel has already sent leaflets to some of those initial cities telling the civilians go further south. They're getting ready to hit those other areas. Israel is very committed to getting the Hamas leaders and fighters and eliminating them. I think the hostage negotiation thing at this point is going to come to kind of a, a standstill. Hamas has done everything they can with it. We'll just have to see if another opportunity for a uh, hostage negotiation emerge, but it's very clear that Israel wants to put the pressure on Hamas again by starting up military operations. The U.S., in getting ready for that, has sent Tony Blinken over to Israel, Secretary of State. On the one hand, they're saying, now, Israel, we want you to do it differently this time. The White House is backing off from that, saying, no, we're not interfering with the IDF and how they carry out their mission. But obviously, the U.S. has been all over Israel to try to avoid civilian injuries. So they want them to use precision strikes and to go in and just get the Hamas people, but don't hurt any civilians. As you all know, the tactic of Hamas is to embed themselves in the midst of civilians. And if you go in and you eliminate a Hamas fighter, you're probably in a room that has other civilians with it or in the same building or in the same street. That's one of the problems that Israel is facing. Now, Israel to date has been doing really a very good job of going in and getting the Hamas fighters, trying to get the civilians out of the way, warning them, calling up on their phones, telling them to leave, telling them that they're going to hit a building in a certain amount of time, they've got to get out of the building, things like that, clearly making an effort to get them out. However, for the U.S., the White House in particular, they're still not satisfied because the White House is getting all kinds of pressure about their support of Israel, and they think the pressure coming against them is because there's so many civilians being killed. Let me stop and just back up for a moment on this subject. In World War II, the United States of America and the Allies bombed Germany and German cities full of civilians. They wanted to take out the entire infrastructure of the nation for them to be able to wage war, and that's what you do. Whether you realize it or not, the civilian population is a major component in supporting an army to be able to fight. They use all the buildings, they use the civilians, they provide the meals, they provide logistic support to the fighters. The reason why all previous wars that the war fighters, whether they be our enemies or what we have done, part of warfare is taking out the infrastructure and the support for the military, their ability to be able to wage war. The U.S. bombed Germany. Germany bombed the United Kingdom and England. We bombed Japan. Japan definitely went after everything they could to slaughter it and so forth. 
atrocities, that's just one world war and what took place. I can assure you that warfare has historically involved civilians, displaced civilians, refugees, the whole bit. And all of a sudden now that Israel is having to defend itself and is in a war of elimination, they have either Hamas wants to eliminate Israel or Israel has to eliminate Hamas, all of a sudden the world is standing up and saying, oh, no, no, you, you can't use those particular things. We can't allow that kind of warfare to take place. By definition, if it is a war, it hurts everybody in the country. It hurts everybody. Homes get blown up, roads are taken out, jobs are lost, people get killed, collateral damage, all kinds of things happen. For the life of me, I don't understand. Well, actually, I kind of do. You see, the leadership of this country doesn't know how to fight a war to begin with. Take the case of the U.S. forces being hit more than 70 times by Iran, and the U.S., DOD, and White House can't figure out what to do. So I expect them to come in and try to interfere with Israel as they wage the war because Israel does know how to fight a war. They've been in a few of them themselves. And they know what being attacked and almost being eliminated is all about. And they know they're never again going to allow an enemy to have that much say about them. They're going to eliminate the enemy. So Hamas is walking around as dead men. And Israel has clearly sent the message out to the world that any Hamas leader, wherever they're at in the world, no matter where they're at, Israel's coming after them. That's real warfare. That's a war of elimination. That's what that's about. For some reason, the rest of the world cannot figure out what kind of war we got going on here. However, there's one thing that we also need to take note of. Israel is very dependent upon the U.S. for its ammunition supply. The material needs that they need to have, the artillery shells, the missile support, and so forth, those things come from the United States. A lot of their weapon systems come from the United States. Therefore, the U.S. is a supplier of ammunition. Now, those that are opposed to Israel want to put conditions on that, and that's always the great temptation for the U.S. to do that. At the moment as we speak, the United States is in full support of Israel, supplying theirs. There's no conditions whatsoever with regard to ammunition supplies going to Israel. But it's always a question as to whether or not the U.S. will interfere in that way. So let's summarize very briefly what is in front of Israel for the next campaign for the war. It appears it's going to have to be an underground war. It's going to be a tunnel war. In other words, Israel is going to have to figure out how to go into the Hamas areas and get those guys in the tunnels underneath the buildings where civilians are at. That's going to be the major task that they're going to have to complete in the new phase. In the West Bank, the IDF has stepped up raids on terrorists that are in and around the city of Jenin. In fact, just the other day, there were 12 Palestinians who were arrested. Six of them turned out to be Hamas operatives. And the good news is they captured one of the leaders of the terrorists in the city of Jenin, the one that was responsible for several attacks upon Israeli civilians in recent months. So that was a success there. But the whole West Bank situation with the IDF there is just as hot a problem as it is with Gaza down in the south. U.S. forces have been hit more than 70 times by Iranian proxies. 
in both Syria and Iraq. And while the U.S. has responded with a couple of bombing raids on warehouses, the real question is, where is the U.S. response? Where is the response that, that sends the message clearly to Iran to not do that? One of the things that has come out, and this has been stated by the leaders of this country, White House officials and DOD officials, that the U.S. doesn't want to trigger an expanded regional war with Iran by hitting Iran too hard. They don't want to start a war with Iran themselves. Let me just explain something to you from a military science standpoint. If your enemy knows that you really don't want to get into a fight, you've basically given them a green light to hit you anytime they want. The U.S. doesn't seem to understand this basic strategical point, and the White House refuses to literally protect U.S. forces that are in Syria and in Iraq. Even the liberal media is picking up on this and realizing that the White House and the DOD appears to be impotent in dealing with Iran. We need to hear, now, I guess sending all those military forces over like the submarines and sending the aircraft carriers, it's all bluff. And they need to start using some of that stuff to turn Iran around in terms of what they're doing in the Middle East. We'll maybe have to wait for a whole new president and administration before that ever happens. In the meantime, the situation is even more dangerous for the Middle East for really a regional war. And that's the reason why there are many analysts and strategists that think it's still coming. Here in the U.S. and around the world, there's still many pro-Palestinian protests taking place. They're all calling for ceasefire. But let's see, this week we've had a ceasefire in the war with Israel and Gaza, and for some reason the protesters don't know that. They're still calling for a ceasefire, which shows you how ridiculous they are. But those that have gone in to really talk to these protesters and find out what they really believe and what they think. Let me just illustrate for you. There are three things that they believe that just shows you just how in, they're in a different orbit around the planet than the rest of us. They think that if you oppose Hamas, that you're racist. And they believe that Israel had it coming. And they believe, are you ready for this? Hamas didn't do it. That Israel is just making all this up. When you're talking to a group of people that are that detached from reality, you can understand the quandary and the question that we have about what in the world are these people doing? Well, thank goodness there are some pro-Israel support that has begun to emerge, and we had here in the United States a major effort of nearly 300,000 people showed up in support of Israel. In London, they had another one that was pro-Israel, and the pro-Israel ones kind of know what's going on in the world, but the pro-Palestinian ones are, have listened to so much propaganda that they can't even tell right from wrong. They do not understand what's happening, so that's part of it. But I'll tell you what it has done. It has brought out anti-Semitic feelings that exist all around the world against Israel and against the Jewish people. Anti-Semitic threats have now reached into universities where Jewish students are being threatened. The heads of these universities who want a safe environment are not stepping in and stopping that. Instead, they're allowing the pro-Palestinian protesters to, to freely do whatever they want, whether it be 
defacing property, doing vandalism, or attacking other people. It's like we've lost our minds. Why don't we just arrest them, which they violated the law, and put, an, put a stop to it? But at the moment, we're getting to endure that. And by the way, that's opened the door for even more threats to be coming. I would remind all of you other Messianic brethren, you're on the firing line with the rest of Israel on this one. There are numerous attacks happening to believers, to Christians, to Jews all around the world. Anybody who they think is in favor of Israel or the God of Israel, and that is the world that we are living in. How bad is it really getting for Israel? I'll tell you what they in Israel are saying. It's so bad in Israel that Israelis are being nice to each other through this conflict. So that's our report this week, and we'll see you again next week. Shabbat shalom to all of you coming up for this Sabbath.